Our scripture is 1 Peter chapter 5, page 1892 in the Bench Bibles. 1 Peter 5, page 1892, reading as follows. To the elders among you, I appeal, as a fellow elder, a witness of Christ's sufferings, and one who will share in the glory to be revealed. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care, serving as overseers, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Young men, in the same way, be submissive to those who are older. All of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another because God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand that he may lift you up in due time. Cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world are undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. These the very words of God. We'll go through this text, and I will highlight a few verses and apply them. Maybe you notice sort of a natural outline here in Peter 5. First, Peter addresses the elders, and then in verse 5, the younger, and then in all of us. I guess I'll call that our outline, but we'll sort of just uh, pick up a few highlights here. So beginning at 5, verse 1, to the elders among you, I appeal... Peter means, please listen to me. I can't force it, but listen carefully. I appeal. As a fellow elder, so the apostle Peter was also an elder as well as an apostle, and he mentions a few things he is, a witness to Christ's sufferings. Peter was there through three years of Christ's sufferings, including when Christ was arrested and at the cross and one who also will share in the glory to be revealed. Peter saw something of that at the transfiguration, and he knows that Christ is coming again. So he's saying, elders, I've had these experiences. You too know something of them as do your people. But based on all of these things which establish the fact, my apostleship and my authority to speak to elders, see, then what? And I would consider verse 2 the main 
point of these verses. Be shepherds of God's flock. Shepherds. Now, I think I could <laughs> scare you with what shepherds did. They did a lot. For example, shepherds had to be able people, and they could be either an owner or manager, and they were supposed to know their sheep. I remember as a boy on the farm, we named our cows, and I knew by looks which was which. Shepherds did too. And they were accountable if they were managers or to their own finances if they were owners. And they had to provide for their sheep. That was their work. And protect against enemies. David, the shepherd, the young shepherd, with a slingshot, probably the kind that went round and round, could throw a stone a long ways and hit a lion or bear. Could protect the whole flock. Shepherds had to provide for, protect against, lead, and love. Now, like I said, that could be scary in what it demands. Let me try to put that in a couple of word pictures. Number one, my wife has been the last uh, two weeks and two days taking care of grandchildren in South Bend until yesterday. And she came home with a story. One night, one of the little grandchildren, age five, about woke her up in the middle of the night beside himself with itching for mosquito bites. So she put the right kind of ointment on the mosquito bite, and the boy was okay and went to sleep for the rest of the night. I thought to myself, because I was making a sermon, she was sort of shepherding there. Do what needs doing, when it needs doing, and if I may say, do so in a way that truly leads and loves. Do that, elders, and deacons too, by the way, in your own way. One more brief word picture. Linda and I, one of our favorite pictures, hangs in our house. Years ago, we went to see a sheep farm in another region of Michigan from where we lived. And the interesting thing was this whole huge herd of sheep could be left out in the fields on a huge farm, like hundreds, probably thousands of acres. And in that area of Michigan, there were the enemies of the sheep, meaning, I don't know what all in those countries, coyotes, much, much more, but plenty of enemies for the sheep. But those sheep were safe because of Louis the Lama. <laughs> And we took a picture of Louis the Llama. We didn't know much about llamas at the time. They come from South America. But there's hardly a predator in Michigan. Wolverines even, we were told. One of the fiercest predators at all. Um, once Louis the Llama was imported and got it through his mind that these sheep were the family of Louis the Llama... He could go in front of them, he could go alongside of them, he could go behind them. And enemy, any enemy that might have cost the sheep knew that they, they sensed they would have to do with Louis. And the farm owner was 100% sure all of his sheep were safe with Louis. <laughs> That's a picture, elders, of what's being got at here. Uh, try to keep your church family as safe as you can. Deacons, you have part of the task, too. We're just focusing on elders, I guess, because our text does. We could also talk about deacons, which was the first office, by the way. 
but be Louis the Lama and um, put ointment on the mosquito bites and itches as needed, okay? That's what Peter's getting at with that word shepherd. Be shepherds, it says, of God's flock that's under your care, serving as overseers. Now, that's a good word that's sometimes lost in the newer translations. Again, today is the day for word pictures. We won't go into depth on what the word means, but we have to do something here in Michigan. We didn't when I was a kid. I could roam freely. But anytime those grandchildren are out and about, we have to be very careful that we parents are on duty overseeing because there are predators of children out there sometimes. Life has changed that way. Uh, and overseeing means you be aware of them, notice what they're doing, and when necessary, protect, and when necessary, help. You know, this week, uh, son-in-law was at the Senate of the URC, and he was a delegate to the OPC at the same time. So daughter and her four children come to watch. And little one-year-old goes running full speed into a wall. They've got to learn to watch where they're going when they're young, and some are better at it than others. So there's a great big gash on the head, and daughter doesn't know what to do, and they even say, are there any doctors in this place who can give some kind of assistance whether the kid needs to go to the hospital or not? So there was a doctor ha happily. And the next day when I saw them, the little guy says, look at my head, Gompa. They can't say R when they're young. You know, if, you're, if your sheep are going to run into a wall, Try to help them in any way you can. That's, that's the point of overseeing there, see? So let's go on now. Oversee, not because you must. I hope you elders and deacons will see your office as not as, I gotta, gotta, gotta do this and that, but because you're willing. Please see your office as, not only do I have to, but I want to. I'm willing to do it. It can be hard when the problems arise and the difficulties come, but listen to the text here. It's saying a lot of important stuff, not because you must, but because you're willing, as God wants you to be. Elders and deacons, I plead with you to hear God's call to you to want to be diligent and faithful in your office. And then the text goes on, not greedy for money. By the way, some things in 1 Peter make me laugh. Also, I admire this. Uh, you won't get paid too good for being elders and deacons. You won't make a fortune. But there's another side of it. When a denomination needs a compliment, that denomination deserves a compliment, and the Christian Reformed Church deserves the compliment that its ways with deacons and money is excellent. You just never hear in this denomination of these things like in some of these independent churches where the pastor controls all the funds and abuses the funds. You never hear of that because we've got careful procedures. Deacons always handle money with at least two and careful records are kept. I'm grateful 
that I, in 40-plus years of ministry, really have not heard of any abuse of church finances in the denomination. But the deacons don't make a lot of money, and they handle it carefully. But sticking with the text here, not greedy for money, but eager to serve, not lording it over those entrusted to you, but by being examples. Is that word lording becoming obsolete in our day? Lording it over? Bossy. Every once in a while, my children and our grandchildren will say about someone, he or she is bossy. They like to have their way or else. Sometimes in churches you get church bossy people, and sometimes they're men and sometimes they're women. Ministers learn to identify church leaders, I'll tell you that, but not all leaders are bossy. And sometimes it's the rich businessman whose real agenda is not us together, but my way or the highway. That's the sort of thing that the text is warning against. None of this lording it over, but instead being godly examples. There's the charges, folks. And I just, I just stand amazed how relevant our text is. So shepherd, elders and deacons, and do so overseeing, willingly, and eager to serve and being examples. Now, verse 4. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. That's the part of the text to church leaders. Now, verse 5, young men, in Bible times and to an extent today too, the elders tend to be older men. No Bible command they must be, but they tend to be. So young men stands in contrast to the older in age and probably also years of commitment as a Christian and maturity. Young men, in the same way, be submissive. Talked about that word submissive before. Much abused in my ministry. Submissive was said to mean head where our senses are, yes, but not only that. Submissive also means to be under the authority of. And if you're honest with that word submissive, you can't miss it. And that's what it clearly means here. Younger, be submissive to those who are older. We'll leave it at that because I want to go on. The text next addresses all of us. The third part of the text here. All of us. And maybe, again, you will notice there in verse 5 and following, all of us are charged to be certain kind of persons and act in certain ways. We'll mention, I think, four of those. Humble and cast your anxiety on God and be alert to the devil, that sort of thing. So let's go through noting a few of those. Now what I want to note at this point is that Peter, who has addressed the elders, or maybe I should go back further, Peter who is now old and has gone through discipleship with Christ, gone through apostleship, 
and gone through eldership and now is getting near the end of his life and his writings, at this point, Peter, who has addressed the elders and has addressed the younger and those under the, uh, under the shepherding of the elders, now addresses all of us with several key things that are very important to make church life go. I don't want you to think Peter's just arbitrarily jumping from this subject to the next subject like someone who's all mixed up. These several things we're going to address now to all of us are needed in all of us to make this church thrive. So, verse 5, all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another. Humility. Please, folk, be humble. Pride is an enemy, and there are too many proud people out there. Eve was proud when she said, you know, I'll eat of the tree no matter what God says. She wasn't humble enough to obey God. Nebuchadnezzar, pride. Isn't this the great Babylon I built? And so God himself, who was greater than Nebuchadnezzar, the greatest king on the earth at that time, opposed Nebuchadnezzar. God opposes pride. And God said to him, Nebi, you little pipsqueak, you might think you're the biggest thing on the earth, but get ready to go insane and act like you're a cow. See, God did that. That's another example here. And we Christians have to be humble enough. We're not perfect. We ministers aren't. You aren't. Humility is needed to make churches work. So, verse 5 again, And all of you clothe yourselves with humility toward one another, because God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. A quotation from Proverbs. And then the apostle repeats himself, because the point is so important. Verse 6, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up in due time. All of us need from time to time to be humbled and occasionally embarrassed, don't we? I mean, I have embarrass myself occasionally in what I've said and done in ministry and family life, and you probably have in your lives too. I hope that you get embarrassed enough to be humble and lowly, because that makes you a servant of God. And that humility that makes you lowly is what makes the church go. But we have to go on, verse 7, cast all your anxiety on him. Now, we all have our anxieties, don't we? That's why you get a text like this. But Note this text again. As I said before, these uh, random follow-up commands here to shepherding and sheep are not uh, all that random. Cast your anxiety on him. When we get anxious, we put ourselves in a position of worry, fret, 
And we also put ourselves in a position of doing something that is foolish. Remember an illustration from years ago. It resulted in the writing of a hymn. Let me take a minute for that one if I can find it here. Yes, I'm not going to or didn't copy it or something like that, but um, a a black minister, I forget his name. Someone came to him and was saying, I'm worried about this, I'm worried about that, I'm worried about the next thing. And and the minister says, wait a minute, wait a minute, don't cast all those anxieties on me, cast them on God. And he wrote that hymn, If the world from you withholds of its silver and its gold and all the rest of it, take your burden to the Lord and leave it there. That's what the text is saying here. Um, If you try today, I'll bet you by the end of today, maybe right away, you can name one or more things you're anxious about. Would you pray to God about them today? Cast your burdens on God. Remember the Philippians text, and nothing be anxious, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. Do it. So, all of us, our church needs us to be humble people, Needs us to be praying people who cast our anxieties on God. The other thing, and this is very important, verse 8. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. One of my commentaries says, and I think it's well put, (laughs) lions don't roar until they're ready to attack. They sneak in the grass or bushes or wherever, stealthily, silently. And the devil is that way too. He's a sneaky character. Be alert to the fact that he's a sneak. But there comes a point when the lion thinks he has his prey conquered, that all of a sudden the stealth turns into a roaring leap or run after the prey. And that's the devil too. You've got a sneaky devil who would like to undermine you. You have a sneaky devil who would like to undermine your church. And you have to be alert to what's of the devil. I'm not saying we have to see a devil under every bush. But isn't it true, folks, that we have to be more alert to the way the devil works in our time instead of ignoring him? You also have a devil opposed to your church and its future. Keep that in mind, too. So humility, anxiety on God, personal also for our church. Be alert to the fact, be aware that there's a devil. And then the last thing here, verse 10, and the God of all grace, and we, here's where we'll stop, but you've got to get this, Okay. I mean, if you've got to be wary of the devil, you also have to be aware of God. Verse 10, And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, 
will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. God is stronger than the devil than our anxieties and our pride. And God will have the last word. Again, I guess a homely illustration. Friday I was digging through sod, and that's hard. I was sweating bullets going in every few minutes for a drink or so. And I said to myself, I'm going to get this job done today, no matter how much energy it takes, so that tonight I can say the last word is going to be victory over this project I'm doing. And so I kept at it. And the charge to you, too, is keep at it faithfully. Because the bottom line is good. It's going to end happily ever after. God is on the throne. God will win. You elders and deacons, when the meetings are late and hard, understand, well, I like short meetings, too, but... It's God's church. It's God's work you're doing. And God is doing it through you. And if we were talking about the church today, the church is the most incredible organization on planet Earth over the last 2,000 years in spite of all of its fallacies. It's God's church. You're in God's business. Cottage Grove Christian Reformed Church is God's church doing God's business, and we're trying to find God's way. Praise God for it. And the last word is not going to be lost, but won because of who God is. The God of all grace who gives you grace day by day, even when you're suffering, will restore you, and because of who God is, you could be strong, firm, and steadfast. Let's pray. Our God in heaven, go with us as a church into the future, elders and deacons, all members. We belong to you. We need you, but we also know you will be gracious and good to us. And we have these fights with our old nature, our pride, and other things that don't help us to be a good church. Our anxieties, and some of us have a lot of anxiety about ourselves personally in our church. And There's a devil too. Oh, we need your grace to win over all these opponents. Give us that grace, and we will give you the glory. Amen.